The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have an intuitive reading for y'all, and I'm excited for this one. Our guest, Steph, is coming to us from Canada. Welcome, and, and tell me what you'd like guidance on today. So it's been about eight years that I have felt stuck and I just feel like the universe has abandoned me and that my guides have shut me out. I haven't really felt guided in a very long time and I think it like has affected every area of my life. All right. And now I remember why I chose you for this reading. All right. <laughs> That's a beautiful question. And, you know, I think that resonates with a lot of people because I think a lot of people, when life doesn't feel fair to us or life doesn't feel comfortable for us or life doesn't feel like it's going the way that, you know, we would like it to go, I think from that human mind, we feel like we have two choices. We can blame ourselves, which a lot of people do, or we can blame life right? Which is when we have a sort of spiritual crisis and um, there's really no one to blame. <laughs> so we'll get to that. Um, but I do think a lot of people feel abandoned. They really feel abandoned. So I'm so glad that you brought that question to us for sure. And I'm going to start with a story before I tune into your energy because it's coming through, but it's a personal story. And it comes from early on in my own work. And when I first started doing this work, I used to um, channel Mother Mary. And that's always a funny thing to share because um, my upbringing is Jewish, if, if any religious background. So, but, but that was the first guide that came to me. And I was aware of having many lifetimes where I was aligned with and honored her energy. And I even had a memory of, of knowing her in a physical body. But anyway, none of that's relevant to what happened was I had this beautiful vision and I, and I hope it will be inspiring for you too. And then I'm going to tune in and talk to your guides so we can get some communication going for you. But she went back. I was working uh, with a coach and I was in a very meditative state and Mary went back and she showed me all of these lifetimes of suffering. I mean, real suffering, like, you know, jail cells and torture chambers and, you know, naked on a hut with no food and like all these really, 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 you know, challenging situations where I was praying to her. 
I was praying to her and I was saying, you know, Mary, where are you? And she showed me in every one of those lifetimes, in every one of those moments, she was there. She was there. She was like, look, I was there. I was there. I was there. We went through a whole roll of past lifetimes where she showed me every time you prayed to me, I was there. And the trick was in those moments, I was so caught in my pain, so caught in my grief, so caught in my despair that I couldn't see that she was there. And that's what often happens in this human experience. When our emotions, when our despair, when our pain gets really loud, it is not the best time or the easiest time for us to make connection with our higher selves and our higher guidance. It does not mean that the guidance is not there. It just means that in those moments, we need faith and we need to comfort ourselves and soothe ourselves and know that they are there even if we cannot make that connection. Does that make sense? Yes. Some of my lowest moments, I felt a presence. Yeah. And that is true as well, right? So sometimes too, and you said something a little different than I said, but it's also really relevant and really important. Sometimes too, it takes those moments where everything is stripped away from us and we are so low and we are so down that we open. And that can be a factor as well. And I don't recommend that. Like I've been teaching intuition development now for like, you know, almost 15 years. And I always say you can get there that way, but it's not the recommended route because you don't have to go through (laughs) the dark night of the soul times, you know, infinity in order to make that connection. But there are those times when we are so distraught and we are so down that we know that they're there. And that is important too. That is important too. But when people come into my office sometimes and they're really in their stuff and they're really emotionally activated, um, sometimes I'll have to take a step back. To me, it looks like smoke or smog and I can't get anything for them in those moments just because, again, our emotions, which are fine and normal and there's nothing wrong with them and they're they're a very important and healthy part of the human experience, but when they get really loud and when the vibration gets really dense and thick and low, sometimes it's just hard in those moments for us to find our guidance. And in those moments, even yours truly will just take a step back and give myself a big old hug, okay? So I just, I wanted to start with that. And then I want to tune into your energy specifically because I think the embedded question in there is how do I hear them more all the time? How do I feel supported when I don't? How do I know that I'm following the path I'm supposed to follow? Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of like signs from animals, but I don't know what it means. So I'm like, this isn't helping me. Yeah, we always want to figure things out with the mind. That's not always how it's supposed to go. But oftentimes what we want to do when we make that spiritual connection is we want to make it with the mind. Sometimes we believe that, you know, if I'm on a path and I'm experiencing difficulty of any kind, it means that the path I'm on is wrong, right? Because we have this implicit belief that if we're aligned with our spiritual path and doing what we're supposed to do, it should be easy. And I do believe life can be easy. And I also believe that you create the path, right? So that whatever path you're on is just fine. It's just fine. It's the energy that you bring to the path and not the path itself that's flawed or right or wrong or good or bad. And whenever we can bring ease, joy, and inspiration to any path, right? That's the right one. That's the right one. And yes, because of our human conditioning, because of our human experience, because of our preferences as spirits, humans, and souls, some paths will feel more comfortable than other paths. And sometimes if a path, you know, I'm always saying if you can't send love to a particular direction and it doesn't feel good and you don't like it and it's not joyful, you don't have to 
continue on that path. You know, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong, good or bad, but we all want to find that path of least resistance where we can be happy most of the time, where we can experience ease, joy, and grace as much as possible. But it's not because one path is right or wrong, right? It's a matter of where it's easier for us to feel aligned. Does that make sense? And sometimes, like the example I gave in the beginning, when you're in a really dark place, nothing feels aligned. Nothing feels aligned. Nothing feels good. Everything feels like the world is caving in on you and you just can't even catch your breath because you know the rubble keeps coming down. And in those moments, that's not the time to wonder if you're on the right path, right? Those are the moments to really tune in, soothe yourself, love yourself, honor the integrity of your human experience, no matter where it's taking you. And then, and this is specific for you, make the path that you're on the right one, right? Because so often we are looking for the path to get out of where we are right now (laughs) when really where we have to be is where we are right now, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I feel, my friend, that you've had a hard journey up until now and probably not the most comfortable childhood, although I don't know if you see it that way or not. And definitely some big glitches in your adult life, possibly some abusive relationships, but I see some pretty heavy duty difficulties. I also see, and always tell me if I'm wrong, but I also see that one of the things that plays in your mind, there's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of frustration that the people in your world haven't shown up for you the way that they should have. And that, you know, there's just people in your world. The resentment is something that you learned from, I think, your your mother. It comes through your family line. And so when we have a lot of resentment, you know, and we believe that, you know, other people say men are a certain way, then we're going to attract those men, right? Because whatever we believe is what we experience. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how life works. So there's no blame in this story. There's nothing you're doing wrong. You can't really make a mistake in human form. Your mind will tell you that you did, but your soul is like cheering you on no matter what the heck you're doing. And, but what we want from this human container is just to feel good most of the time, right? That's all. But there are no mistakes. There are just times when we make choices that feel good and times that we make choices that don't feel good. And we make choices that don't feel good. That actually helps guide us towards learning how to make choices that do make us feel good. Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. But for you, I do see a lot of resentment and I think a lot of it's well-earned, like from the experiences that you've had. But I'll also tell you that and and you you get this too. The more you can reframe it, the less you're going to attract that which you know provokes that feeling within you. But it's also important to feel it. It's also important to have your anger out and to say there are people in my life that failed me and it sucks. And you know you you have to honor that part of yourself. And I think that's the part of yourself that feels like the universe is forsaken you sometimes because I don't think that you've grown up feeling supported. I think you've had a lot of disappointment from the humans in your world. And so I think when that song is playing, right, that's a song that we hear the universe singing to us as well. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I've always kind of gone in the universe and like family and parents and stuff mixed up together. You know, I view the universe sometimes with the same kind of attitude I view my parents. Yeah. And it's very common. And in fact, Sigmund Freud, I'm sure you've heard of him, (laughs) wrote a whole book. I think it's Civilization and His Discontents. And this is very limited because Freud is a wee bit misogynistic. But he talks about our visions of God, the way we understand God is, you know, our relationship with our parent, with our father, and that we just project that onto the universe. And I think that there's something to be said for that, you know, that it's easy to see 
the spiritual world from that human lens and from where we're hurting. And also, I think for me, I know coming from a less than perfect familial caregiving kind of situation, childhood, let's just put it that way. I got one one parent on the other side who's cheering me on, but one that is still in a body and I want to be respectful to their experiences and their interpretations of my childhood. But in my estimation, it wasn't so grand. And for me, when I learned about spirit guides, I was introduced to my spirit guides. It was a game changer because I'd had so many periods in my lifetime where I felt so alone and I felt so abandoned and I felt so neglected. And when I knew I had spirit guides and I could look back and see where they were in my childhood, it was magical. And it was just a beautiful reconnection. And I still go to my guides sometimes and just, you know, like, remind me that I'm not alone, please. You know, and so we can do that. We can do that. For you, I think it's about having a place of imagination allowing yourself to believe that they're there. And also there's just so much resentment and so much anger and so much frustration. And that's what's blocking you. That's what's blocking you from that connection. And it's not, again, the guides say it's warranted. They're not saying that, you know, you don't have a right to have it. It's just that if you keep playing that song over and over again, it's going to poison your life. And so it's important for you to bear witness and hold your own truth the other people in your world do not have to share your truth, right? Did you just hear me say like, you know, my parents may not agree that I had, you know, a less than perfect childhood. My dad and I had some good conversations before he passed and some other conversations since he's passed. So we're we're on the same page. <laughs> you know, the other parent we shall see, but I don't need them to see my point of view for me to let it go, mm-hmm. right? What I do need to do is honor my truth and my own experiences, and even where, you know, sometimes we have feelings that are not in line with reality too. Whatever you're feeling is right. So we hold and hug ourselves like a little child, right? A little child who's maybe afraid of the monster under the bed. The monster doesn't exist, but we let the kid know we love them even though they're scared. Or the little child that's mad because they didn't get something that they wanted. And maybe it was something that, you know, they really deserved right? Like maybe another kid stole their toy and they really loved that toy and they're just devastated and distraught. And so we can hold them and hug them without going into the story that other people always take my toys and that the world is unfair and life is wrong and Johnny is mean and he's bad. And like we feel all of those things. We allow all those things, but we don't engage and indulge the story for too long. Because if we engage and indulge that story, that story will perpetuate. And it will just keep coming to us again and again, and it will be what we experience in our lives. And so the guides, as much as they love you, my friend Steph, and they love the crap out of you, they cannot protect you from the power of your own mind. They can't. (laughs) And they don't even want to because they understand that that is the tool that you're learning with right now. So they can give you guidance about how to use it differently, but they can't protect you from it because that is a relationship you have between you and and you. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that resonate? Yeah. I have a pretty overactive mind. <laughs> yeah. I can make a, quite a, a muddy mess for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You and, and most of the planet. <laughs> it's kind of how it goes. But it's in that moment, my friend, of recognizing I don't have to tell the story anymore. I don't have to tell the story anymore. I can hear it. I can honor it. But I think it's time for you to let it go and to start looking for counterexamples in your life where people do support you and things do show up for you, even if they're tiny little things. And you can also notice the times when it's not true. But remember, you are, I hope you know this already. My listeners know this already, but I can fill you in if you need it. But you're creating your own reality. Every moment, everything that you experience 
because the universe is responding to you, your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, the energy that you're putting out is what you're bringing back in. So that means if you pay attention to all the times when people are not showing up for you, where the universe has forsaken you, and that's fine to know what you're feeling. You don't have to push it away. You you are very aware of what you're experiencing. And again, you hold yourself, hug yourself, allow yourself to feel what you feel, know what you know, believe what you believe, but you don't engage or indulge in it, right? And you start to shift your attention too to situations where you have the counterexamples to that. And what the guys want to say, because they're telling me that they can say it better than me right now, they say, don't indulge the story. That's their words. Don't indulge the story. Don't keep telling it. You know it. You've heard it. It's been there. And it's true for you, or it was true or real for you at a period of your life. But the more you keep indulging it and rehashing it, the more you will experience it. Okay? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And they want to say one more thing. This is specific to you, but general to listeners. And this is so cool. What they're saying is, look, a lot of us that felt unheard as children, right? You had an experience and it wasn't validated. And the people around you didn't say, I see your point of view. And I honor that even if I don't agree with it, which is a super helpful thing for parents to do, but they often don't do that. You know, and sometimes some of us have experienced like really narcissistic, you know, a lot of gaslighting. And then you really, 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 really want your story to be heard because you're in a situation where everyone is sharing this one reality that makes zero sense to you and is completely disengaged with what you're experiencing and cramming it down your throat. And that's scary. So you really want to like scream your truth, you know, and finally have someone hear it. But you've heard it. You've heard it. You're the only one who needs to hear it. You need to validate it. You need to tell that little child, I love you, sweetie. It's true. You did have these experiences and nobody was here. And yes, and yes, and yes. (laughs) That is totally how you felt. And I love you. You need to be like Mother Mary in, you know, the jail cell and the prison. Well, those were the same thing, you know. And each time when she said you were there, I was there. I was there. You need to be that for yourself. I was there. I see that. Yes, sweetie, I love you. That was true. And you're okay. Right. But oftentimes what we do is we tell the story again and again, right? Because it feels good to be heard by ourselves. But the problem is we just keep living in that story, in that tale, and we're not really soothing what's hurting. We're just reinforcing it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I wish we had this conversation eight years ago. (laughs) No, but you weren't ready to have that conversation eight years ago, or you would have had it eight years ago. And sometimes we need the eight years to get to the place when we're ready to say, I get it now. And look, for you specifically, but probably for other listeners as well, that blame the universe thing is because deep inside you think it's all you. You think it's all you. You have such a tendency to go and beat yourself up inside. Okay? And I would love for you to stop doing that too because you are perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And just like everyone else on the planet, you are learning with a blindfold on and loud music blaring into your ears and, you know, your shoes on the wrong feet And, you know, like it's hard to navigate this human world, right? It can be really hard and really confusing and really overwhelming. And 
very easy to lose that connection with our higher being. And that's kind of the name of the game. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just doing the human thing. They're telling me just to imagine yourself like in a clown suit. You know, when you're feeling like, man, I messed that up or this isn't good. Like just imagine yourself as the comic relief and how sweet and cute you are. You know, putting on mom and dad's big old shoes and, you know, big, I don't know, I just see these big loud headphones and, you know, the hat that's coming over your eyes so you can't see anything and the big gigantic suit that you're, you know, tripping over. It's adorable. You're adorable. It's fine. It's good. There's nothing wrong. It's so sweet. And if you could hold yourself with that kind of love, you know, through all the foibles is the word that comes through because that's just part of the human experience too. It's part of the human experience too. And that's how your soul sees you. Your soul sees you as adorable and lovable and beautiful and hella brave too. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. So we've done a lot in this very short time. (laughs) Are there specifics? specific questions that you have as we start to wrap up. I feel like I, you know, given you a lot to chew on. I think my one specific that I'm trying to figure out is, is moving and if it's the right time to move or if I have to stay here for longer. And I think that is the hardest thing because it can't feel guidance. Yeah. Okay. So the moving piece is back to the image that they gave you is you're in the rubble and everything's on top of you. And you're like, what's the right path? <laughs> right. And they said the right path is where you can like find joy. But sometimes if you can't find joy anywhere, you just have to be where you are kind of jam. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking to move because you want to escape the misery of where you're at, focus on being present where you're at and making a little less miserable. Okay. And then let the path towards joy unfold from there. If you have a strong inspiration, a strong vision of something that you've always wanted to do and always wanted to go, that's beautiful. That's fine. I don't think it's a bad thing. A lot of moving happened after 2020 and there were different varieties of it. There were people moving away from and there are people moving towards. When you move away from, meaning I'm running away from this, I'm going to go find my joy over there. And I had a client, I remember they lived in like three different locations during like 2020 to 2023. Okay. (laughs) Like they were all over the place and they were running from, they were running from, maybe I'll be happy if I move to Malibu. Maybe I'll be happy if I move to Fort Lauderdale. Maybe I'll be happy if I move to Costa Rica, but none of those things made them happy because they were running from. They were running from something internal that they needed to attend to first. The moving itself is not going to solve the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. That kind of moving is out of the fry pan and into the flame. I'm definitely not an away from person. I'm a towards person. And um, when I move towards something, like I need to see where I'm moving towards. And I think that's why in that last eight years, I'm like, I don't see anything. So I'm just staying here. Yeah. And again, I think you don't see anything because you're afraid a little bit. You've gotten so used to doing things the way that you do them. I think you're a little afraid of the next steps. And I also think you're very afraid of failure. So if I finally take these steps and choose me, those are the words that are coming through. Take the steps and choose me. What if I fail? What if I fail? It's almost easier to be in this state of everyone else is doing this to me (laughs) or even telling yourself that you're doing it to you than it is to say like, I'm going to just take this risk and I'm going to do it because failure to you right now seems scarier than just staying put. Mm -hmm. And you'll know when that balance shifts. Okay. 
But what they say in the meantime, in terms of running towards, start collecting data, start collecting information and do this in both ways. Start collecting information about what you love about your situation now, because you have a lot of information about what you don't like. That's fine. But there are things that you do like. And sometimes we feel like, wow, if I honor my experience now, I'm going to be stuck here, right? If I say like, I like this building, you know, I like that I have my own room in this building where, you know, the cockroaches are crawling up and down the wall and the ceiling is falling in, I'm going to be here forever. No. But if you can start to tune into what you like about your environment, what is good in the now, that is your gateway to experiencing more of that. And we are ever-expanding beings. So when you love what you have now, you actually expand into more of that. See what I mean? So that will open the door for you. That will start to chart your course. So I want you, without forcing or pushing, just it's a matter of noticing, right? And just noticing naturally, normally, setting that attention the things that you like about where you are now, a sunny day, fresh breeze, the smell of the grass as the breeze goes through the grass. I don't know. And know that you can like where you are without staying there, right? If you're stuck in a jail cell for eight years, you want to like the prison. You know you're getting out, but liking the prison will do two things. One, you will enjoy it when you're there more, which you know, again, we feel like we shouldn't, but you want to be happy where you are now. (laughs) It's not accepting or saying this is the right situation. It's making peace with what is, which is the most powerful life hack that you can have to have a beautiful, inspired life and also to connect with your spirit guides and your higher self because your higher self is content all the time. And when you feel distressed, it's usually because you are disconnected from how your soul is feeling about the situation right now, which is always fine. Your soul is always fine. So tune into what feels good, what feels right, because that will help you find that path forward. The other thing I would say is give your mind a break on this one, right? Whenever you find yourself spinning, I can't figure this out, is a good idea to just stop trying. Stop trying to figure it out. Let the answer come. Let the answer come. Ask to be shown. Get out of the way. You said earlier on, you know, I see all these animals and I don't know what it means. How do they make you feel? If you see a bunny and the bunny makes you feel good, that was your message. You don't need to go any further than that, right? See what I mean? Sometimes it's just for you. I think a lot of it's like the Cinderella factor, right? Like when she was scrubbing those floors, she had all the rats and the birds and I don't know what other animals were helping her out. And the squirrels, you know, they were her support team. They were her friends. Again, it's your reminder that you are not in this alone. That's what I think the animals mean for you. But I would also say you don't need to overthink it. And when you do find yourself overthinking, you are naturally cutting yourself off from your intuition. So I always advise if I'm trying to figure something out, it's not verbiage I use very much because when we're trying to figure it out, we're out of alignment. We're out of alignment. We don't need to figure it out. We wait for it to come to us. Does that make sense? It really does. Yeah. It makes me feel better. (laughs) Yay. Oh, that's a good answer. All right. The last thing you guys want to say to you is we start to wrap up. And I do think you'll find your way. And imagination is a really good gateway for you. Um, You shut it down because again, for you to imagine something is almost like I imagine it and then it won't come true. So I'd love for you to start opening that gateway for you. Start imagining things that are either so ridiculous that 
you know, like you're not even looking for them, like, you know, being a rock star or, you know, being a princess in a castle that's floating in air or like just things that are really, that make you feel good and they're fun, but they're totally beyond anything that, you know, you would ever, your naysaying mind could knock down because they're just totally ridiculous. That would be a really good way of getting you back into that fantasy daydreaming fun place that you used to know as a child. But now when you go there, I feel that you shut it down really, really fast. It's like, don't dream that. Don't like that. Don't get excited about that. Shut it down, shut it down so you won't be disappointed. However, when we have that mindset, we are perpetually disappointed by ourselves, in ourselves, in our life because we are no longer daring to dream. And the dream is where all the fun lies. Does that make sense? Yes. So I'd love for you to play imagination and the the sky's the limit. And I would like you to imagine things that are fun, like, you know, playful, just totally over the top. And I would like you to spend some time doing that every day. You can do it with drawings and vision boards if you want to. But again, it's not about affecting anything in your immediate reality. That is not the goal. It may work out that way, but don't be thinking about that. It's not about figuring out what you want and trying to manifest that. It's just about starting to dream again and just the crazier, the better. You know, I have 10,000 dogs, you know, whatever excites you in the moment, play with it have fun with it and imagine how good you feel in all these situations. And imagine too that as you imagine these outlandish things, these beautiful fantasies, that you get to enjoy them as you're experiencing them because even our imaginary state is a creative state. We are creating those realities as well. We may not feel them in the 3D world, but everything that you imagine you have created. So just take a moment, friends, to chew on that because it's true. So that's the first thing that your guides want you to do. Dare to dream, do it regularly. And don't tie it all to reality. Really just take the cork off and just, you know, let her, let her rip. Okay. The other thing that they say for you to connect and hear them, it's a lot of soothing yourself, a lot of soothing yourself. You need tools and strategies to just really tell yourself how, what a beautiful girl you are, what a lovable girl you are. Like, I would love for you to, to start feeling into strategies to really care for yourself and love yourself. Okay. And then the very last tool that they say is nature is big for you. So being outside, playing in your garden, playing in your yard, building fairy houses would be good. Childhood dreaming seems to be coming up for you. But those are other ways that you hear your guidance, okay? And you notice things and pay more attention to how it makes you feel than having to understand it. You will get spontaneous hits all the time. We all do. And sometimes in thought form that say, do this, do that, go here, go there. What if I did this? Um, sometimes too, we'll have repeated thoughts like, oh, I'm so interested in Hawaii right now. Wow, that person's going to Hawaii. That person, maybe I'll move to Hawaii. Like sometimes it works that way, okay? And that's beautiful. But in order to allow that to flow, we have to give it a lot of space. And as soon as you're going in there and saying, is that my mind? Is that my fantasy? Is that my intuition? I don't know how to move to Hawaii. Like that's ridiculous. I'm never gonna go there. That's gonna be too expensive. Like you shut it down you shut it down. So that's why they'd like you to keep it loose and just dare to dream. Just be playful. Just have fun. Just get out of the way and wait to see what comes. And it will. It always does. And remember too, in those moments when you don't feel connected and you feel forsaken and you feel angry at yourself and you feel angry at the world, know that the guides are there. They're always there. Your higher self supports you your guides support you, life supports you. And so in those moments when you don't believe it, if you can keep even the little bit of faith going, I feel terrible right now. I can't see it, but you know, victorious as it's there. 
<laughs> hopefully I won't have to be your authority, right? But there is that little piece in you that knows. There's always that little piece in you that knows if that if you didn't know, then you wouldn't feel so disconnected, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have that feeling if you didn't know. <laughs> so in those moments, just remember, it's the part of me that knows <laughs> that, you know, because I'm hurting so much, it means that I know that I'm supported right now. And it's just a little hard for me to feel it. I'm someone who takes this stuff very seriously and I get you're telling me to have fun. But there's also this part of me that like, I have to pay my dues. I have to put in the work. I have to, you know, like, oh, Victoria's telling me that my guys are telling me to go have fun. So now I'm going to take that seriously, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm just wondering if there's any guidance around that because I feel like there's so many people that get so much in life and they're just going through it with grace. And I'm like, oh, I have to sweat it out. You know, like I have to really muscle through. Yeah. It's a great comment. It's a great question. It's kind of another topic, but we're going to hit it up really fast because it's beautiful. Yeah, no, you don't have to. You know, that's your human conditioning. Our human conditioning says if we work really hard, if we're really miserable, if we try really hard, we earn brownie points. All we do is get miserable. And look, some efforting is involved. And because so many of us have had rough times, we want to see some value in them. And there's always value in everything. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I always see it like a slingshot, right? Especially people that have had really rough childhoods, but you can say this for any difficult situation, it builds momentum. You pull that way, 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 way back. When it finally releases, it goes really, really far. So, you know, suffering has its purpose. It has its role. It's not necessary. We're moving to a period where in humanity will become increasingly more optional. But when you got it, it's serving a purpose. So enjoy it. It's it's doing something for you. It's it's always a matter of reframing what is is just right, right? Without double downing on saying, but that's the only way to go. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to effort at all. And oftentimes when we're efforting, though it it does have some value, it's not needed. And it often takes us away from the gold. All right. And the way that it's always been shown to me is whenever we really create anything amazing in our life, it's soul-based, it's coming through us and our effort might take credit for it. And sometimes too, there are many people that they effort through their whole lives, but it's the slow way around. It's the slow way around. It's not necessary. And sometimes it holds us back because it actually impedes the flow of divinity that wants to work through you. Okay? So you you don't need to pay your dues. <laughs> and the guides say... You already have anyway, so you don't need to pay anymore. If you look at all the dues you've paid up until now, do you think that's enough? Oh, I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, it seems like Fort Knox, like you've invested plenty. Yeah, so, you know, you could cash in on on those dues over many, many lifetimes. If you want to continue to pay, you may, but there's no requirement is what they say, right? Yeah, thank you. Playing is not the opposite of work either. We are often taught like, you know, stop playing, get back to work, whatever. Like, you know, children play very purposefully. They play very until they're told not to. Like that's how they learn. That's how they grow. That's how they create. That's how we all do it. You know, it's actually play that brought you here to this human illusion. So yeah, they're not in opposition. And I love inspired action, which is the action that comes when I really feel excited about doing something because I am so aligned and that action is so aligned. And then it just flows and it feels good. And, you know, we are definitely here to do things as well as be, you know, there is that doing and being, but so many of us feel that doing is everything. And we're doing not from our soul, but from our human beliefs and our shoulds. And it's a heavy road. It's a heavy road. And you can definitely put that load of bricks down anytime you choose. Thank you. 
You're very welcome. All right. Well, um, I hope that landed well with you. I think there was a lot of wisdom nuggets in there for our listeners. So I'm so glad that you agreed to come on the show and share your story with everyone. Thank you, Victoria. Yay. And if any of you listeners would like a reading with me, do know that I do do this, not usually for free, but usually for a small exchange. You can find out more information about both group and individual readings on my website, victoriashawintuitive.com. We also have the new Intuitive Connection Premier Community Group where we meet twice a month and I give group readings and we discuss some of the topics that we cover on the show in a more interactive framework. And of course, you can join the Facebook group, Intuitive Connection Community, which is completely free. And I also pop on there sometimes and offer free guidance. So thank you all for tuning in. Keep listening either way. You all know how much I value you and love the opportunity to do what I love to do with you all listening. So thanks for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.